All right, welcome to the Sean Spicer Show. A lot to get to, as I said just a minute ago. We're going to start with a conversation with Lisa McLean. She's a member of Congress from Michigan. Then I'm going to tell you about the other fights that are going on in Washington. I'll talk to her about that as well, because it wasn't just a fight about money and appropriations. No, no, no. We're talking real fight. And it's not even a, a, a stretch to say MMA. No, no, no. It was real potential MMA fighting. Uh, I, I then want to get into what's happening in Trump's case, because again, this weaponization shows you what's going on. And it's amazing, the faux outrage of the judge down there in Georgia. Uh, China and Biden, what really is going to happen in the stakes? Uh, and plus, Speaker Mike Johnson, I want to talk to you about what's happening over there and what this really means. All right. So without further ado, I want to bring in Congresswoman Lisa McLean of Michigan and get an understanding of what the House just did and where it goes from here. Congresswoman, thanks for joining us. Good to see you. Good to see you. Okay, you know, I was gonna start with the big fight on Capitol Hill in terms of this appropriations bill, but I wanna start with the other big fight <laughs> on Capitol Hill. I, I don't understand, have things gotten so bad that we're now in the Republican Party trying to beat each other up? I, I saw this back and forth between Tim Burchett of Tennessee saying that Kevin McCarthy's kidney punched him. McCarthy <laughs> saying, hey, I, I, I didn't do that. We may have brushed against each other. But then it's the same day that, that Mark Wayne Mullen over in the Senate is trying to take on one of the guys from the Teamsters. I mean, I, do you just think these are isolated incidents of tensions really gotten that high that we're, we're now resorting to this? Um, it, it reminds me of when you, you're, you're always looking forward to seeing your family at Thanksgiving, but then by the end of the day, like you're ready for them to go home. <laughs> we've been here, we've been here for 10 weeks and everyone has just had it. I think tensions are high. Everybody's on everybody's nerves. Um, yeah. I mean, look at Mark Wayne Mullen and then look at, you know, the, the witness, my money's on the MMA fighter. So. I, I was going to say, you know, the funny thing is I was like, dude, you're like, I, I don't know why he tried to make fun of Mark Wayne Mullen, but the guy was an MMA fighter. And I don't know yeah. what kind of shape he's currently in, but anybody who has been an MMA fighter is the last person I'm going to yeah. pick a fight yeah. with. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. It's, yeah. it's not just, the, it's not just the punching. Those guys had a kick and everything. I was like, yeah. Oh, they, that yeah. They I, from a different set of rules. And I can assure you, Mark Wayne Mullen is in great shape. I would pick another member of the Senate. Pick any any other member of the Senate, not Mark Wayne. <laughs> the idea, though, that Bernie Sanders was the guy like, sit down, sit down. I'm going, he's 82 years old and Bernie Sanders is breaking <laughs> up a fight between the Teamster and the and the former MMA fighter. But yeah, holy smokes. All right, well, then let's get back to the other fight. This bill passed last night to fund the government. The first thing that I thought was interesting is that the, when, when Johnson first, Speaker Johnson first proposed this, all the journalists and the Democrats called it like a wackadoodle idea. It was completely nuts. And then they all voted for it. Um, I, I think that, unfortunately, has been the Democratic mantra is, uh, you know, d denounce it. It's the craziest thing I've ever seen. It's never going to pass. It's not going to get done. And then by the time, you know, Wednesday comes or Tuesday comes, whenever the vote comes, they switch and they switched their tune. So I think it's all pandering. Um, yeah, un unfortunately, we had more Democrats vote for it. Um, yeah, but, so let me ask you this. The, the media made a big deal out of the fact that that's it. He basically got the same vote that McCarthy did on quote, a clean CR. Part of my interpretation is that Republicans, most Republican members knew it was 
a free vote, that you could vote against it knowing that enough Democrats would vote for it to pass it. Do you think that that's true or did they really oppose what Johnson was doing? Um, I I think a little bit of, uh, I I think that is true, is if you looked at the vote, it was a lot of Republicans voted late, right? After the bill passed, they knew that they, you know, wouldn't tank it and, and they thought it was a safe vote. Listen, you know, I I feel for Speaker Johnson, you know, um, he was vice chair (laughs) three weeks ago. He's been in this job for three weeks. And a lot of us, um, I voted no on the first CR. I voted yes on this CR. And I did it for two reasons, really. One, I just want to give the guy a little bit of grace, right? He's, he's had the job for three weeks. I think he's a great conservative. And he is going to second is he is breaking up the Omni. We're not going to get an Omni. Um, I think the real fight is going to be in January, though. And the real fight is going to be, how do we pass the remaining appropriation bills, right? Um, so, I think people are trying to give him some runway, are trying to give him some grace and appreciate the fact that he he inherited a mess. Are you wasting money on testosterone booster products that don't work? I I don't blame you uh, if you're getting tired of that. But our sponsor here, Nugenics Total T, can give you some hope because they are now willing to give you a complimentary sample when you text 231231 and enter the keyword Spicer. That's easy. You're watching the show. You know what I'm talking about. Just go to 231231Spicer. Um, Nugenics Total Tea has a formula of testophen. It will help you turn back the clock and re-energize your whole life. You'll see increased energy, etc. You've got nothing to lose, but a lot to gain. If you don't like it, you just keep the bottle, do what you want with it. If you want to keep going, you can, but you get that complimentary bottle at 231231 and then enter the keyword Spicer by doing that. It's the number one doctor recommended brand of testosterone boosting brand at both GNC and Walmart. But if you go there, you got to pay for it. You can text 231231 Spicer and get a complimentary sample for free. If you don't like it, they'll refund everything. Um, So again, the cool part about this is right now, if you do this, you actually get a complimentary additional bottle of Nugenics Thermo X, which is their newest and most powerful fat burning incinerating product ever. You have nothing to lose. Text 231231, enter keyword Spicer, check out Nugenics Total Tea. You will not be disappointed. Texting enrolls you in automated text messaging. Consent not required to purchase. Messaging data rates may apply. Number one doctor-recommended brand by primary care physicians based on an independent survey conducted by IQVIA 2022. The thing that I think is interesting, though, if we go back to the vote was basically the same as when McCarthy passed his, is that it feels like you can keep changing the deck chairs on the Titanic. It's still going to go down and have the same result. And so it's not necessarily Speaker Johnson's fault. He's trying to figure out how to keep moving it forward, but there's only so many plays that you can make, right? And so that's the thing. Is, Is this an institutional problem? Because it seems like, you know, he bifurcated it a little by breaking it up so that it's two steps versus one. But I don't know that it's that. I mean, and I, I, I get what he was doing, but I also feel like there's only so many moves on the chessboard left. You're, you're 100% right. I mean, we have members, um, one, we have a three-seat majority. We have members that think we're cutting too much. We have other members that think we're not cutting enough. And I don't know how you bridge that gap. It's just, it, it's not feasible, right? You, you, you just have 
members that are just too far apart on the spectrum. But so, like, so, you you come to this from a business perspective, right? You were in you were a successful business person before coming to Congress. At, looking at it from a private sector standpoint, what needs to change? I, th- I think what needs to be to change is what is our ultimate goal, and we need to focus on the team and what is the ultimate goal because we don't all have the same goal unfortunately is when i was in business we had a goal it was really simple to make money right <laughs> to, to do the best we can for our clients or our customers but at the end of the day we had to make the payroll etc cetera, etc cetera. when we went in to deals we negotiated i got 80 percent of what i wanted you got 80 percent of what you wanted we both wish we got a little bit more but we're both happy that we got 80 percent you have some people here that are just dug in. If I don't get 100% of what I want, it is no deal. And I have to get 100% of what I want today, right? They're tired of saying, well, we'll set the play up for January or we'll set the play up for, you know, they're tired of kicking the can down the road. Right, and I get that. It's very different. It's very, very different is you have to negotiate. Let's take the simple facts. We have a three-seat majority, and we don't hold the Senate or the White House right now. We don't have a lot of moves. Gang, we don't have a lot of leverage. I wish we did. But really, what are our bargaining chips? Well, I mean, that's the question. I think part of the problem is there's no plan, right? It's your point about, like, we feel like we kicked the can in January. What I keep thinking is missing is a vision which is I want to kick the can in January to buy me more time to do X, Y, and Z, to lay out structural reforms that we won't be in this position again. Because we keep having the same conversation. It's like Groundhog Day, which yes. is we've got to stop doing this. So let's let's buy some time till January. And then everyone goes home. They go home to the holidays. They come back. It's January. Go, hey, it's the end of January. We've got to pass this again. Let's kick the can for two more months because we need two more months. And then those we're never seeing a sense of structural reform and a vision so that we're not doing this. And I think that's the difference is that if you buy time in business, to your point, it might be to restructure, to figure out how to lower costs, to bring new people on board, to put a marketing plan together, whatever it is. But, but we're not, we're just literally buying time for the sake of buying time. And I think what I kind of hoped, and I saw a little out of speaker Johnson out of the gate, was that he was looking to offset some spending with the IRS. And I was like, okay, this is a guy that gets it. And the question is, can we get some of these people that want 100% to buy in maybe and saying, okay, I can give you 80 today, but here's the plan that's gonna get you the rest of the 20 in six months. That's why I need the six months because right now it seems like it's, hey, I'll give you 80% today and then let's kick the can for two months. If you were to talk with Speaker Johnson, or at least the conversations that we've had is, that's what he's saying is, buy me some time so we can get um, Israel funding, so we can get border funding, so we can fix the broken appropriation process, right? So we can pass the 12 appropriation bills. I think, again, people are trying to give him that runway. I think the real test will be in January is, how do we fix the border? How do we cut the spending, right? Well, and, and that's that's the part of the, but don't you see, see to me as an outsider now looking in, 
I never hear the spending part. It's here's how we're going to get the funding for Israel. Here's how we're going to do the funding for Ukraine. Here's how we're going to fund this. But what I never hear, and I don't think a lot of Americans hear, is how are we going to change government? How are we going to have more efficiencies? How are we going to get rid of the waste? How are we going to cut things that aren't working? And I think that that's the part of the conversation that's, that's missing. missing. Right, right. And and I, I do give him credit for doing the offset, right? The IRS right. offset for Israel. I hope he stays with that plan because I, I don't think people um, or the American people are, are negative to help um, our allies around the world. They just want to know how are we going to pay for it, right? Number one. And number two, to your point, what are we doing to reform government, right? right. That's the thing that drives me crazy is in business, we'd be out of business, right? But in government, if you spend money, you just go out to the money tree and get more money, right? Yeah. And I think we were trying on that path with passing the 12 appropriation bills, but with a three vote margin, what I'm seeing is everybody wants to cut, except when it comes to cutting things in their district. Mm, right. I want to cut just not that because that affects me and my district. In business, we all know we're going to have to give a little bit. In government, it's like, I don't want to give, a, I don't want to give, I don't want to give. It's like, well, everyone's got to give. You've heard me talk about my friends at Delta Rescue. The owner of Delta Rescue, I've gotten to know, his name is Leo Grillo. And he was on a road trip not too long ago and came across a Doberman. Now, the dog was severely underweight, clearly in, in trouble, malnutritioned. Um, Leo rescued that dog and ended up naming him Delta, uh, which inspired him to start Delta Rescue, which I've talked to you about. You can go to deltarescue.org and check out all the wonderful work that they do, the sanctuary that they are, the, the things that they do for these abandoned dogs. Um, they are the largest in the world now, by the way, is a sanctuary, veterinary care, um, nutrition, a, a place to run and play for life. But Leo, when he named it Delta, it was a, he, it was an acronym dedication and everlasting love to animals. And that's who he is. When you meet him, he just exudes a love and a care and a concern for animals. And part of what he wants to do with Delta Rescue is make this an enduring thing. And so if you not just go there and make a contribution, which is welcome, but if you speak to your estate planner and think about estate saving planning benefits that would make animal care part of your permanent estate plan, you can grow your estate while you're alive and ultimately make sure that these um, the mission of Delta Rescue is, is part of your estate and so that we can continue that great mission. So go to deltarescue.org. You'll see a section about estate planning and the forms are there. It makes it super simple, deltarescue.org. The thing is in business, you benefit. So if you streamline costs or, or make some efficiencies, you as the business owner benefit, right? Because right. it's more profit to your point about making money. The thing about government is you don't benefit by, you actually benefit the opposite. You benefit when you say to the folks in Michigan, look what I got for you. No one in Michigan, and I get this, this isn't about Michigan, this is about Rhode Island or California yep. or Virginia or Florida. No one benefits when you go home and say, guess what? I cut a billion dollars from the budget. No one goes, oh my God, I can totally tell. <laughs> Right. You know that road you want fixed? Yeah, I cut the, you're not getting that road. I, I get it. But I do think this. I think from what I've seen, we have a bloated government, number one. That's obvious, right? But there's no accountability to all of these government agencies. It's the craziest right. thing for me. 
We just continue to give these agencies more and more and more money. And they, they're not accountable to the money in which we've given them. But, but they and are. I, but see, that's the thing is, is that that's the problem is they are accountable. And Congress in the House, especially, has the power be. of the purse. And this is where I feel like that's, again, part of this is that they are accountable. They just aren't being held accountable. And if they were, if they came in and said, hey, I want to see you got how you showing me your budget. And it was funny because when I was in, I worked um, in the trade reps office uh, under the Bush administration. And we literally had to build a budget from zero for the two, three years I was there, what trips did we want to take in terms of, you know, we needed to, to negotiate this deal. And so we needed to go to this country. We need to go to the APAC or the ASEAN summit because these leaders were going to be there and we were working on this particular trade deal with them or whatever. And we had to literally show from the bottom up. Now, granted, it wasn't the biggest budget in the world. I get that, right? It's so, but, but, but I feel, I mean, you're on our services committee. I mean, I don't know that the Pentagon is, they can't pass an audit and that says something. You're 100% right on that. You are spot on. And, and the beauty is, and I've sat in these uh, committee hearings, everybody wants to be in charge and s- except when um, the stuff hits the fan. Then yeah. nobody, right? Um, and we never pass a program without putting a commission together or more government people um, together. And that, quite frankly, is what needs to change. So in business, you know, I, I talk about this, remember the, uh, you, uh, Sarbanes-Oxley, right? Yep. That completely revolutionized our business. And I remember I was griping about it, right? But you had to have an audit. And here's what was different. Somebody needed to sign their name on the dotted line to say, right. I own it. And if I'm cheating or if I'm something's not right, Lisa McLean owns it. You know what's interesting in Congress and in government? Nobody owns anything. So to me, that would be a phenomenal reform. Let's just ask the government to do what the government asks the American people to do. Oh, my goodness. Wow, nuts. Crazy. But the thing is, is that this is where when you have hearings, I think that would be an interesting question to a lot of these folks. You know, hey, Mr. Secretary or Undersecretary or Assistant Secretary, are you willing to put your name on the fact that there's no waste in that budget or that there's no duplicity or that you've actually, you know, that you're accountable and that you, you, the same way that you would if you were on now the board of directors of a private company? How many of them will do that? And I get that maybe right now it can't be legal, but I just wonder how many would say, yes, I will agree that if there's fraud or if there is malfeasance or overspending, like I would raise my hand and take responsibility for that. Because the thing is, I don't even think even in a hearing where it was non-binding, they would agree to it because they they, they know there's no accountability at all. And they, they'd rather just duck and cover. Well, and even one, you, we'd be hard pressed to get anyone to say that. And I've asked, right? I, I've asked several on several hearings and everyone gives me the song and dance. But even if they raised their hand and said, yep, I'm accountable, we still have the responsibility to enforce it. So if it doesn't happen, what's the consequence? They lose yeah. their job, they get written up. No, there's no consequence to their actions. The, the consequence is, yeah, I'll do better, but you just gotta give me more money to do better. Yeah, let me that ask you- That would work in business. 
right? Let me ask you another, it's interesting. I just, I want to switch gears a little bit because you're a mom, you've been in business, you've been like Nikki Haley came out yesterday in an interview and started talking about that everybody on social media should be verified, meaning they should know that Lisa McLean is Lisa McLean, Sean Spicer is Sean Spicer, the old kind of check mark system, mm -hmm. because that way, um, if you're verified, it's a national security issue. I feel like I get what she's getting at. I thought that the checkmark system, the way that it was under Twitter actually was good because people knew uh, who was whom. But I feel like starting to force people to be verified or telling a private company what to do might be a step too far for a free capitalistic society. Where, what do you think about this idea? Um, I, I'm in agreement. I think it's a, it's a slippery slope. Yeah. And on the surface, hey, that sounds like a great idea. But I am a mom. I am a business owner. Um, it's my responsibility as well to teach my children right from wrong. It's also my responsibility as a parent to monitor what my children are doing. I have as a parent, I think we've lost just a little bit. It's my job to have a clue what my kids are doing. Don't you think that's the oddest thing in the world, though? It's so funny. Like, without getting, we, we have not allowed our kids to be on social media, right? Uh, for a variety of reasons. I feel like sometimes I have this conversation with parents as if they're, they're completely helpless. They're like, oh, social media is killing my kid. Are you spending too much time on it? And I'm like, do your something. kid's 12. What are you doing? Like at some point, parents have lost the sense that they have a role these days. And they want to talk about it as if they're innocent bystanders. They're victims. Right. And they're like, oh, my kid's spending so much time on Snapchat or whatever. And I'm like, Right. But you gave them the phone. You allowed them to be on it because at some point you had to approve something. And yet you bemoan the consequences of it as if you had nothing to do with it. You pay for the device. You give them the device. You pay for the device. I mean, I know this used to drive my kids crazy. They get it now because they're older. But I would look at what they were doing on their phone. Why? Because I'm paying for right. it. I'm a parent. You're 12. You're not an adult. When you pay for it, you can do what you want. But we have to begin to get more involved in their life. It's my it's my job as a parent to know what my kids are doing. I don't know about you, but I've started to get a little freaked out about all of these things that are going online with your privacy. And there's something that I didn't fully appreciate, but these internet service providers, they follow and track you and legally, legally can sell your information to advertisers. I didn't realize that, I mean, I... I I guess I should have asked, but I have an ExpressVPN on my laptop here, and you can put ExpressVPN on anything, laptop, uh, phone, whatever, right? And it protects you. It's like locking, pulling down the shade so that no one's looking in. It's like, uh, well, there's a bunch of different analogies we could give you, but you don't want people looking in at you. And you don't want people following you online to know about where you are, what you're doing, your browsing history, gathering data and selling it off. That's what they're doing. So protect yourself. Um, ExpressVPN gives you that sense of security that you need. But it also does something cooler. And I talked about this as we were leading up to Halloween, which is it gives you access to a lot of cool stuff. For example, Netflix has a catalog in every country, which I didn't realize until I got ExpressVPN. What does that mean? It means that if you're watching Netflix in the US, you can see certain movies. If you're watching in Canada, Australia, whatever, you can watch other movies. And that's true with all of these streaming platforms, Disney Plus, et cetera, right? So when you have ExpressVPN, you can trick it and tell your computer that you're in another country. It gives you security, it gives you options. And so it ultimately saves you a ton of money because you 
take that Netflix account and magnify it so that you don't have to have maybe a ton of streaming services. You could have one and then just fake the computer into other countries and access the catalog of movies from those countries that may not be available here in the US. If you want to have both security and access all this stuff, go to expressvpn.com slash Spicer. You'll get three months free. So that's a sweet deal. Try it now. Get that sense of security. Protect your privacy. And also save a ton of money by being able to access uh, the ma- and maximize your streaming service, expressvpn.com Spicer for three months. There's a big meeting today. President Biden and President um, Xi are, are sitting down. I And again, let's get back to the business piece of this. I, I feel like we don't have any sense from our government, at least from this administration, as to how to deal with China. They keep acting like China cares about what we care about, like somehow that they really do care about the fact that they are screwing with the environment or that they are treating their workers horribly or committing human rights abuses. And and Biden, one of his big things today, first of all, I just want you to get to react to this. It was so funny on when I, there was this clip, a reporter asked him what his goal was, what his goal was, right, with China. And he said, I just want to be able to pick up the phone and talk to him again, have a conversation and resume normal diplomacy. This is the guy who was the chairman of the Foreign Relations Committee who bemoaned how Trump had treated uh, America or, you know, had uh, undermined our relationships around the world, who talked about how he'd flown a billion miles with President Xi and that they knew each other like brothers and that they had hung out when Joey was going to Soda Pop's house or whatever it was. And now he can't even get the guy to pick up his phone. I feel like this is like an eighth grade breakup where it's just like, I just want him to email me back. This I just is want to be friends. I know. I just need him to friend me or not to block me on Instagram. How pathetic and frankly, how scary is it that our greatest achievement from a meeting with China is that they'll like return our calls again. Success with your meeting with President Xi. Get back on a normal course of corresponding, being able to pick up a phone and talk to one another was a crisis being able to make sure our military still have contact with one another. We are the leader of the free world. We are supposedly the most powerful nation in the world. And my goal as president of the United States is to get him to pick up the phone when I call? Are you kidding me? Right. That's weakness breeds aggression. One, if that's true, don't say that. Right. Keep that, that was he's, like, can you imagine? Like, you talk about Trump always used to say, I'm not going to tell you what I'm going to do because it'll get away. He literally said, All I care about is that she returns. I mean, first of all, you really think anything else is going to happen at this meeting? You've already told them the only thing you care about is that they unfriend, that they fret, you know, don't block you again or something. Right. I, I mean, right. except my friend request. Right. I mean, seriously. Th- but, that is. How pathetic we are, and that's the this administration, and that's why if you look around the world, we are in the situation that we're in right now. I have had the luxury, the honor, whatever you want to call it, of of going around the world and talking with leaders throughout the throughout the world, from Israel to uh, you, um, Colombia to uh, you name it. They all say the same thing right? When Democrats are in charge, we know it's diplomacy, diplomacy, diplomacy. But here's the difference. When Republicans are in charge, we know their play too. But here's what was different about Trump. Like him or hate him, it's irrelevant. 
we never knew what his play was. Yeah, right. I know. What a concept. You mean I'm playing poker with you and and you don't know what my hand is? The problem is this administration especially is showing them their cards. Well, here's what I'm not going to do. Okay, great. I can check that off my list. I don't need to defend against that. Oh, here's what I'm not going to do. Could we just stop people, stop telling people what we're not going to do? I, I mean, keep play our cards a little close to our vest. This isn't that tough, Sean. I mean, it's really not. But again, going back to your position on armed services, these guys won't return the calls of our current chairman of the Joint Chiefs, which is scary to think that if there was a military concern, they're not even picking up the phone anymore. Yeah, it's pathetic. And then it's pathetic, but they always return their calls um, when they need something. And what we do is we always give them what we need. Right? Can I ask you this? I, without, giving it, without giving the store away, do you see in, the, in terms of the briefings that you're getting on the Armed Services Committee, how concerned are you about where we are vis-a-vis uh, -vis China, a takeover of Taiwan, a potential World War III? Extremely concerned. And the American people should be extremely concerned. China, for example, in my humble opinion, with what I've seen, they are coming after us educationally. Look at all the Confucius Institutes. Look at all the money that's going to our, our, our higher education, educationally, economically. My goodness, we're going to build all these EVs. Where's the minerals coming from? This right. EV? Oh, gee, I wonder China. Okay. Economically and militarily, we are getting our lunch handed to us. And once, once that plays out a little bit more, we're not coming back educationally, economically, and militarily. The American people should be gravely concerned. China is not our friend. Right. But that's the thing that I find. I, there are things that I cannot believe are not bipartisan, right? China's stated goal is to basically take over the world. And yet, A, we allow TikTok to exist, which blows my mind. B, to your point about Confucius centers at colleges throughout the country, they're indoctrinating are yeah. the next generation of Americans. They're buying up land near military installations. And yet we sit around and go, oh, but it's racist to say anything. It's xenophobic. Well, at some point, how are we, I mean, we literally, I, I do feel like at some point the Chinese are like, it shouldn't be this easy. Yeah, well, it, they're right. I mean, <laughs> they are mocking us. They are laughing at us. We care more, let, let me tell you, I care about the 99% of America that wants to put America first. My job here is to protect Americans. If Chinese, the government, or anybody thinks that I'm a xenophobic because of that, well, guilty as charged, <laughs> because my job is to protect the Americans. So I stand up for the majority of the American people. Listen, China's not our friend. They've told us they're not our right. friend. They, they, I mean, they, they, I mean, they have like a PowerPoint. <laughs> they're like, here's what we want to do. Face a hundred times. And we think, oh, well, I, I, I want to take the righteous road and make sure that you don't call me a name. Call me all the names you want, but I'm protecting the American people. Yeah. So it's interesting because one of the agenda items for Biden it, it, with Xi, with his, in his meeting with Xi is fentanyl. It's as if they don't know that they're sending and exporting <laughs> fentanyl to the United States. I think somehow, again, it's this naivete that Biden thinks that they actually share the interest. They know that they're exporting it 
to the United States. They know that they're making money off of this. They know that they're poisoning our children. And yet Biden thinks that like he's going to raise this and that they're going to come to an agreement. I, I don't, oh this is- Leaders like the like like the Chinese leaders are like, oh, you're kidding me! I didn't, I didn't realize. This yeah, was I kidding. had no idea this fentanyl was coming out of our country to yours and poisoning you're your people. Kidding me! I, I just I wish someone had told me. Thanks for bringing this up, Joe. <laughs> I'm going to talk to some of the folks back when I get you know t- to Beijing. I mean, this is heartfelt, man. I'm going to get on it, and you know what? I'm going to call you back on it too, right? So I, good thing we we have this open line of communication. I mean, it's I, it's embarrassing. It's embarrassing. Yeah. So the last thing I want to just cover with you is that there's reports out that the Biden administration on Tuesday reapproved of sanctions that will allow Iran to access upwards of $10 billion in frozen assets. Uh, the State Department has confirmed this. What what is what are the consequences of doing that at this time? Uh, 9-11. I, I, very simply put, and, and I'm not exaggerating on that. 9-11. Let's Why, not be... What? Why would, like, I don't understand the upside. Like you said, hey, maybe if we give them 10 billion or unfreeze $10 billion, they'll stop. I, is it, I, I just, I feel like there's no one that has gone past fifth grade that would think that that's a good idea. Continue to give the bully your lunch money and they will continue to ask for more and it will never stop. And that is the problem with this administration. And I can tell you, you know, we have a bill getting ready to put uh, put on the floor um, this week, I think, tomorrow, I think, to, to say you can't, um, you know, use the $6 billion that Biden gave away for the hostages, uh, but he's got to sign it. The problem is we have a pathetic, weak, commander in chief. This is, there's so much to break down. I really appreciate all your time today. Good luck going forward. And, uh, and hopefully we can inject more of that business sense that you bring into what Congress is doing. I appreciate all your efforts there. Thank you, Sean. Always good to talk to you. Have a good one. Thank you. All right. That was a great conversation with her. I think what this shows though, and I said this at the beginning of the conversation, you can rearrange the dextures, you can get a new speaker, but there's only so many moves unless you lay out a vision and a strategy for what's going forward. And I get it. Mike Johnson just got into the job. This is not something he was campaigning for, so he didn't put anything out there. But this is the point. McCarthy just kind of sometimes went whack-a-mole, 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 right? Dealing with each day and each problem as they came up. What we lack now is in, in a, as a movement and as a party is a plan. Marjorie Taylor Greene, a few, a few weeks ago, whatever it was, said that we need to start really changing how we do business, and she's right on that front. No wonder the system is set up to fail. It's set up to benefit the lobbyists and the special interests who wait till the end of the year and load everything up in an omnibus. We're not looking at programs. We're not doing anything strategic. We're not making the case to the American people. If you're on the outside looking in and say, what are you for? What are you doing? I don't know that you get an answer. I get that Johnson has tried to do business differently and I applaud him for that. But we've got to get something that people can buy into. And she was right. The problem is so many people are like, hey, I'm tired of kicking the can every time we have a fight. I get that. I share that. So let's do something different. Put something out. Give them something to shoot at. Say, hey, what if we change the rule? What if we change the, the, the schedule and we did it this way? What if we, but we're not getting things done. We're not passing the appropriations bill. Everyone says that they want that. Great. But it's not happening. It's not happening because the system doesn't allow it to. We need to get past this year and really make sure that next year we do it in a way that allows us to look at some of these programs, get rid of outdated stuff, hold these people accountable. 
Lisa McLean's absolutely right. Why are these government officials allowed to not understand what their agency does, how many people are employed, where the money goes, why they need more? They should have to justify it. It's not their money, it's our money. And frankly, it's not even our money. It's China's money because they're funding our debt. We don't even, this is even, like we're spending so much money and racking up so much more in unpaid bills. Year after year, we applaud ourselves for the fact that we're spending a little less because of the pandemic. This is ridiculous. But it needs someone to go in there and say, this is not how you run a railroad. So I think Speaker Johnson started off strong with this idea of offsetting the spending. That's great. That was one thing. But let's start empowering these guys and saying, you got an idea about how we can reform government, cut spending, let's do it. The idea that the Pentagon walks in every day, day after day, we give them more money, and yet they can't pass an audit. They don't know where their money is and where it's going or why. There's massive abuses, misspending, programs that are outdated and overrun. It's unacceptable, but it's allowed because it's, well, it's government. Biden's meeting with Xi, as I talked about with her, I, I think the point that we were having that I just can't continue to stress enough is how pathetic our hand is. The goal is to literally have a conversation with them and hope that they answer our calls. I mean, what, what's going on? We continue to treat them as if they're, they share our interest and they share our goals. They've literally put out a roadmap of where they want their country to be. They want to be an economic powerhouse, a military powerhouse. They want to dominate. They want to control the world. We think they want to partner with us to end fentanyl and climate change. Are you kidding? How naive. You remember it was Obama that sort of said that Joe Biden well, he used some colorful words about Joe Biden's ability to screw up any foreign policy situation. Robert Gates, who served as defense secretary under two administrations, so that never underestimate Biden's ability to, well, again, I'll leave it to that. This is the problem. John Kerry thinks that they care about climate change, that they're convinced that they should be a better steward, a responsible stakeholder. How clueless. But these are the people who think they want deals. This is unbelievable. And they think that they're going to care about dealing with us on fentanyl. I, I don't get how that's happening. But that's where we are right now. Ramaswamy was right yesterday when he was on the show. He said, we got to get up and we got to stand up. And it's not just telling them. It's demanding stuff. Why are we allowing China to buy land near a military base? What, this is insane. Again, with the TikTok, why are we allowing them to use an app? And remember, they don't allow it in their own country the way it's used here. It's not even the same app. They show different content. They understand how harmful what they do here is. They wouldn't let their own people use it. And yet we sit here and have a discussion about it. Because, well, it's not a good thing. It's deaf. It's dangerous. It's racist. It's xenophobic. It's unbelievable with what it is. Same way that we let a Chinese spy balloon float over our country for eight days and debated whether or not we should be taking this thing down. We have lost a sense of right and wrong. It is right to protect our national interests. It is right to protect our southern border. It is right to enforce our laws. 
I watch these videos of these kids. There's one right now with these kids at a birthday party and they're toddlers. And I assume it's fake guns and whatever, but this is what the parents are teaching them. That it's fun to run up and down and jump and point a gun at somebody. And then we wonder what's going on in America. We let people disgrace our country and not be proud to represent us at games. I mean, honestly, what did we think was going to happen? I think the funny thing is China actually probably thought that we'd put up a fight. They allow them to fund Confucius centers at colleges and universities. No kidding. They're indoctrinating these kids. It's unbelievable. Same thing with TikTok. You wonder why all these people don't support Israel, don't understand that Hamas is a terrorist organization. Look at what they're being shown. This is an information war, and we're losing. Losing big. Um, a couple other political updates for you. Uh, Tammy Murphy, who is the wife of Phil Murphy, the governor of New Jersey, announced that she's running for the Senate. Now, okay, big deal. Well, Bob Menendez is the current senator. He hasn't announced that he's not leaving the Senate or he's not running for re-election. He happens to be under indictment for stuffing gold bars and cash into a vest, but he beat the rap last time and a hung jury. And think about this. This isn't just someone, Andy Kim, a congressman, challenged Menendez, but this is the governor's wife. It's open season on Menendez, man. This is... This may not be the biggest Republican pickup, but think about it. You cause Democrats to be in a position where it's going to be a food fight. Who knows? Depending on the landscape, the right Republican could probably take him, take him on and, and have a shot there if the landscape is right. But it's going to get messy and ugly. And I just, the, the idea that the governor's wife is going to take on Menendez, that shows you how much political trouble he's in. Um, yesterday was this March for Israel here in the nation's capital. Tens of thousands of people came. But you know what you don't see when you looked around on social media or on the news? Violence, people hitting each other, people looting, people destroying monuments, vandalizing cars, none of that. Isn't it interesting? When the left comes supporting Hamas, BLM, anti-Trump, they destroy property. They vandalize monuments and buildings. There's violence in the streets. It's a very sharp contrast, isn't it? It was very, it literally was peaceful yesterday. And they say that there were literally well over, um, some estimates had it, you know, into the hundreds of thousands. Three times what organizers expect in the largest pro-Israel gathering. The speakers were bipartisan. You actually had the Democrats and the Republicans up there. Schumer was up there and Speaker Mike, or John, Mike Johnson. The funny thing is, it's the Democrats that have these fissures in their party. They're the ones that aren't unified in supporting an ally and standing against a terrorist organization. It was interesting, though. Um, the last thing I wanted to bring up, by the way, on a political front is yesterday, Ramaswamy, you know, I asked him point blank about the RNC and what he would do differently. Well, he launched an effort yesterday, right after our conversation, firerana.com. He's making this a centerpiece, going right at the heart of the National Party. And the thing for Ramaswamy is he broke news yesterday. I made the debate. He talked about all these other things that he, you know, respect to Trump and being the VP. But he's going straight at the RNC, 
calling them corrupt, saying there needs to be a change in leadership. This is pretty unbelievable. So we'll see where this thing goes, but I don't think he's going to let this thing go for a while. Anyway, um, thank you for all your continued support of the show. As we get closer to Thanksgiving, I continue to remind myself of all the things that I'm thankful for. And one of them is, is all of your support. Please feel free to join my VIP community, seanspicershow.com slash VIP. If you can go to Apple, drop a five-star review on the podcast, that would be great. Even if you don't listen to the audio version, please do it. If you are driving over the holiday weekend, hey, what better way to spend time with the family? Get in the car, listen to the Sean Spicer Show. Uh, subscribe on Apple or Spotify, wherever you get podcasts. Uh, and then obviously YouTube and Rumble is always appreciated as well. Spread the show. Uh, let people know about it. Thank you again for all your support. If you'd like to leave a comment, please call five, uh, text, <laughs> sorry, I'm old school, 571-441-4991. Uh, I do a weekly Q&A at my VIP group, seanspicershow.com slash VIP, where I answer all your questions, take some feedback, et cetera. So feel free to text a question, leave a comment on YouTube, or join our VIP community and tell me what you think. Thanks for being with us. We'll see you back here tomorrow on the Sean Spicer Show.